heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Welcome in, Malcolm, at 8. It is indeed the voice of a nation, and we join you here again. An extraordinary week of broadcast. I've dubbed this one the week of We the People. That's what it's all about. You know, it's more than just a day. Uh, It's a bigger conversation, taking on all the things and the threats to humanity, the threats to We the People, uh, as we continue to peel this thing. It is a moment in time in our nation. I mean, let's let's call it what it is. 247 years on this incredible American experiment. The problem is, friends, too many people take too much for granted. And there's no license to be able to take all this for granted. I mean, if you if you're blessed and you've been born in this country. okay. And even if you weren't born in this country, you've immigrated to it or something else. And you're here. You won the lottery. You won the lottery of life when you consider all the people on the planet and you consider this this elite group of folks that we call Americans. The beautiful thing about Americans, it's a melting pot. It's a melting pot of ideas. It's a melting pot of thought. It's a melting pot of people. And that's the beauty of our nation. It's the, it's the beauty of humanity, really. Today, I want to talk to you about the United States and a new world order of advanced technologies. And there are all kinds of technologies we want to talk about today. We're going to have a great panel discussion. And I want to bring many of these concerns into the conversation. Uh, I'm talking things like uh, digital currency, things of that sort that could uh, cripple uh, a free people, you know. Uh, artificial intelligence, the rise of AI. You've been hearing a lot about that in past weeks and months. Which people are more advanced in this particular field and arena? Which countries are? And again, that gets back to the fight of good and evil, you know, this whole AI rise. And it goes further than that as well. Social engineering. This is a real problem in America, I have to tell you. Social engineering. Uh, It doesn't really play to a free people. But it's happening right now. You see the judges coming out and warning the White House to back off. You know, they're too busy right now looking for the crack cocaine, obviously. They're all on crack. But that's another story for another day, friends. Uh, But the social engineering is a real problem, right? Right. And we've been seeing that over the last many, many years. It's it's gotten to an annoying point. Bioweapons. You know, some people think SARS-CoV-2 was, an, it was a, a drill, a fire drill, if you will, an experiment for other things that might happen. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we see a lot of these labs. We talked about that earlier in the week that, are, uh, that, are, that the United States is heavily invested in and has their hands in a lot of these things all over the world, not just Ukraine, but all over the place. And they're hidden. Uh, as we talked about, maybe it'd be better to have those out in the light of day and know where they're at and know what we're doing. We all might feel a little bit better, right? Then you have these hypersonic weapons now that are being used in countries that have the capabilities of them. You don't hear a lot of that being said. We keep a lot of that quiet in our country here. The problem with those weapons, friends, let me just warn you, is that by the time it happens, it's too late. 
And then you have drones. Drones are a whole new world. You know, we started talking about those well over about a decade ago or better. And here they're being used in combat. They're being used on the front lines. They're being used in all kinds of points. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of nefarious ways to use these drones. They can be used to spy. They can be used to drop weapons. They can be used for all kinds of things. Problem is you have a lot of evil minds who grab onto these things. And this is a real problem for humanity and for we, the people. We have things like EMP attacks. We've talked about this before. We've talked about our electrical grid. We've talked about threats to our essential utilities, our water, our food, our electric. And then you have, you know, the vaccine uh, or digital ID passports. This sort of thing is a real problem. Even things like you hear about the elections coming up. You know, you heard things in the last big uh, general election cycle of Hammer and Scorecard. You've heard a lot of things like that and, and digital possibilities, which is why when we started uh, this tremendous week of broadcast, you heard Sidney Powell on Monday say, well, uh, it's time to go back to a hand ballot, which is a message that uh, President Trump, uh, Donald Trump, had put out there in the past weeks, said, you know, it's, we really need to have hand ballots. Get it off the internet as well. I mean, you know, it doesn't solve every problem, but you eliminate a lot of potential problems uh, by not having the the digital components of that with all the evil on the internet. And it's everywhere, man. Hackers and evil people, they always swoop to the lowest possible denominator to take advantage of other people, other lifestyles, you know. It really is a fight of good and evil. And there's a lot of evil out there we're fighting, I'll tell you. Someone asked me the other day, what percentage of the world, Malcolm, do you think is good and what percentage is evil? It's an interesting question, isn't it? Well, I ask folks today on the broadcast what they think about that good and evil. But what is the percentage? It's a, it's a guess, obviously. We really don't know. But it's interesting to think about the world in that way. You know, how many people have good in their heart? How many people have evil in their heart? Human beings, it's a, it's a funny species, I have to tell you. I've often said, man, we are our own enemy here, humanity. That is, I'm speaking about, you know. And joining us on the program today uh, will be Wallace Garneau is here, part of my team, part of the, uh, the Out Loud team here, and, and part of uh, the Voice of a Nation, as you know. Uh, Wallace is a political analyst and a commentator. He served in the U.S. Marine Corps as an author. Uh, the thing about Wally is he's a thinker. He's a big thinker. That's why I have him in on today's broadcast. He's a thinker, thinks outside the lines a little bit. And that's kind of what we need with today's conversation. So he's here as well. Bruce Tannis is here. Uh, Bruce is has a wonderful background in economics, finance, political science. Uh, has a long career in Wall Street, understands the financial ramifications, but also he's a thinker. Joining as well as Dr. Lee Menyang is here. She's uh, the independent virologist, whistleblower, uh, was very much involved in the bioweapons uh, blowout uh, from the CCP. Speaks very loudly today, out loud on our platform. She's one of our show hosts and writers here on the platform. Uh, she's amazing. Uh, she has a lot to add to today's conversation as well. And joining us back from, he was on an earlier broadcast of the week, but is uh, Edward Huglin is here. I'm just thrilled to have Edward with us. He, he is... Um, uh, he's, he's been at this a long time. I mean, he's, I don't want to, I'm not trying to date him or anything, but he's had about four decades, a senior leader in the intelligence community, DOD, Department of Homeland Security, Department of Energy and State. Uh, his uh, impressive credentials. So deputy team leader to the 
INF on-site nuclear arms inspection in the former Soviet Union, the CIA intelligence analyst. And, and that's only what he does in his spare time. <laughs> I mean, he's uh, very, very informed. So uh, we'll start the program right off there, friends. And um, Edward, I'm going to go right to you first, brother, and put you right on the spot here. So that's what I do. And I want to ask you, uh, not, not so much, we'll get back to that good and evil question a little bit later, but let me ask you right off here. Uh, taking all these things into consideration, some of the menu of items I've thrown out there already, and when we talk about our independence in America, Ed, and we talk about uh, we the people uh, and the salvation of our nation, you have to look at all free people. What do we possess that keeps us free? And then the threats to our, our lives, our existence, if you will, even. I mean, there are things I've just said in the library of items that uh, would actually be a threat to our very existence, let alone survival as a country, but survival as mankind. What are the biggest threats, in your opinion, with all this, sincerely, uh, to we the people in the short term ahead here? What are the biggest threats, Ed? The, the biggest threats, Malcolm, thank you for having me on again. I, I see the biggest threats dealing still with the flow and control of information. The kinetic threats, the biological threats, hypersonic threats, all those are real. But what's really eaten our lunch, as you highlighted as part of the social engineering aspect is, we have people who have democratized the use of technology in nefarious ways to conduct social engineering and manipulate the truth and the narratives. And by doing so, they have done more to subvert this country than has been done in the last 247 years, in just the last six to seven years. Hmm. And that's what I see is the greatest fear from within and the greatest threat from within in terms of technology and use of technology is to continue to manipulate where there's voting, where there's voters, or the narrative. Right, right. Well, part of that problem, Ed, is if we don't understand the problem or not informed about the problem, it's about impossible to fix it, right? right. Well, absolutely. So <clears throat> technology is but an enabler. Right. And the biggest problem we have is defining the problem, as you just highlighted. Technology can help solve both uh, good or bad problems. Technology is agnostic is how it's used. Right. It can be used for good or it can That's be right. used for evil. Yeah. But we continue to fail to identify what's the real problem we're facing and continue to look at technology as shiny objects and be distracted by the shiny objects rather than looking yeah. at what is the real threat? What's the yeah. real issues we yeah. have to deal with? You know, I, I just so applaud you for coming up with that. Uh, the quandary you just threw out there. I mean, you could have went with about anything on the list. And all of the, and you know, they're all threats based on your background to our existence and salvation. And yeah, you went with the one denominator, and I applaud that, that really controls a lot of these other things because it is a brilliant way of looking at, at things, friends, because if we don't really understand it, so uh, we don't really understand. And that's the problem we're having. People are so uninformed today, which is why we, I keep telling you on the broadcast, bring five people with you. And I've bopped it up and I've even said bring 10 with you. There's a reason I say that. We have to get this information out to people, friends. It's so vital. Please understand the seriousness of the conversation here. We're not on here every day doing this necessarily for our health and well-being. We're on here because it's in our hearts. It's in our soul. And we understand the threats that, that are real. Wally, let's um, picking up on this with all the things we've put out here and other things you might even think of. 
well, again, the same thing. What are the biggest threats to we, the people in the short term, sir? I'm going to go with AI because I think it. Uh, I think it's an enabling force. Uh, it changes the capabilities of what the police state can do. For example, uh, the intelligence service can't sift through everything. You can't censor everything unless you have the capability to look at everything. And of course, the NSA does that, and they have search tools and things like that that you know keywords are looking for uh, that allow them to filter things up to the top. Uh, but AI can learn on the fly what it needs to look for. And for example, if you were to take AI and uh, integrate it in with all of the routers that run the internet backbone, you could prevent information from even making it to the internet just by not allowing the routers to repeat it. So I think AI is a great enabler in terms of, of the things that it can do in a positive way for mankind. Yeah. Uh, but when you start talking about things like censorship, things like uh, police state, things like uh, the ability to prevent people from buying products that you don't want them to buy, preventing them from going where you don't want them to go, all of the things that, that we're going to be talking about, AI is a capability changer in all of those areas. And uh, you just put like a little squared mark after it. You know, it's, it's no longer censorship. Now it's censorship squared. Right. Let's uh, let me tell listeners as well, Wally, that you are you, you have a tech background. Tell folks that. Yeah, I've been working in IT for about 26 years. That's that's what I do professionally. I've, I'm a programmer. Uh, I'm a software engineer. I've, I've worn a lot of different hats than the IT space. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's my profession. Well, I want to get that out because we never talk about that part of your background because it's so diverse. But that's an important piece. So it makes perfect sense that you would bring up an AI uh, is an enabling force, and uh, I can't disagree with that at all. It's it's freaky, actually. It's a, it's a bit uh, freaky when you consider, you know, just uh, a while back, we were watching a lot of the movies and thinking, ah, not really, never happened. But <laughs> we're on the doorstep of a lot of strange things that are happening uh, with this internet business here. Uh, Dr. Lee Ming, what, what do you see as the biggest threats uh, to us in the short term, please? Thank you, Malcolm. Uh, I think the biggest threat for with the people is that our freedom is gradually deprived, and we even don't know. I mean, most of us even don't know who's the enemy, and our enemy actually they, uh, include the Chinese Communist Party and also their partners and the people influenced by uh, communism or this kind of uh, thoughts. They actually try to change our thinking and weaponize everything to uh, get our freedom to control people. So uh, include the bioweapon, include AI technology, include everything can be used to deal with us. But unfortunately, most of people still don't uh, understand that. So that is the biggest threat. Let me get opening comments from Bruce Tannis joins me here. And um, Bruce, in your world, uh, what do you think? What are the biggest threats to us in the short term? Well, being a financial person on Wall Street for many years, I, I, I think that there, the, the financial impacts of, of everything that you mentioned uh, are huge concerns. I still think, and I, I, you know, I don't want to double what everybody else says, but I, I, I really believe that AI is, is the overarching um, theme uh, and, and possible threat. It, it can be used for good things, but it can also be used for horrifying things. And, um, and, uh, I, I, uh, you know, I think that AI is, is, is turning robots into you know, entities that are, so, that are so powerful that they could control humans without humans knowledge. 
it can lead to an oppressive society in which the rights of individuals are no longer respected. And that concerns me. Yeah. You know, it's sort of the rise of the machines on steroids. Right, right. When you say digital, you talked about your banking background there a moment. What's the one thing in the banking or digital world in this realm that is of most concern, do you think? Well, um, I'm not a big fan of fiat currencies. I've done some work to uh, try and bring back the gold standard. And uh, it, it seems to me that Congress doesn't want to be um, handcuffed by a uh, hard asset backed uh, currency because uh, it prohibits or it limits their ability to print more money when they want it or need it. Uh, so the uh, the biggest concern now is that the the BRIC nations, uh, Brazil, Russia, India, and China, uh, are talking about a gold-backed digital currency that could uh, compete yeah. with the dollar. So if you have a currency that's backed by hard assets, mm-hmm. game's over. There's a there's a war against U.S. U.S. dollar right now, isn't there? Right. Well, yeah, to a certain extent, the dollar has been uh, kept buoyant by its, uh, you know, its link. The petrodollar has been sort of the the artificial asset back of the dollar for a while. But uh, but with all with the disruption in supply chains and the shift in petroleum uh, dominance uh, away from the United States being self-sufficient, that changes that game a bit for our currency. And that concerns me. Um, Wallace, jump in on this because you you follow this topic pretty well, please, in regards to U.S. currency, but in regards specifically to the fact of we're I'm seeing signs now. You mentioned the BRIC, uh, but we're seeing a lot of signs of um, uh, countries that are now pushing against. So they're I mean they're pushing against U.S. currency. They're, the dollar, I think, the dollar is under assault right now. And I think they're bent right now to make that not the dominant force anymore in the world. What do you see? I think we're actually underestimating the risk of that. Uh, People say we have a fiat currency. It's certainly the paper and coin currency that is physically printed. That's fiat. There is nothing backing that. But that's just a small, small, small. It's about $650 billion or $860 billion, I think it is, an actual physical currency. All of the other money out there, I think there's about $100 trillion of U.S. currency floating around all over the world. It's all electronic. And when you put a a plus in one account, you have to put a negative in another account, which means that uh, it's all backed by debt, which uh, which is to say that the value of the U.S. currency is backed by the need people have to work to pay off their debt. So for every dollar of wealth, there has to be a dollar of debt. And when you start talking about taking the U.S. dollar off as the reserve currency or having it replaced with something that's backed in gold, which would be more stable, obviously, than any other currency, what's going to happen is you've got $100 trillion out there that are floating around the world because you can buy things with them um, within global markets. All of those dollars are going to come back to the United States. It's going to cause rampant hyperinflation. And because the dollar is backed by the need to repay debt, it's going to cheapen American labor like we've never dreamed of. It's, it's, yeah. I, think, I think we're actually underestimating the risk here. Yeah. So the, the threat is bigger. You're, you're right. That's why I bring it up because you're right. There's not enough focus on this at all. Um, but I, I'm just seeing threats now that I wonder what it's going to be like. Uh, for the next generation, uh, that if it even I, I, the threats to our existence and that dollar is going to be vital and key to be the to be the dominant uh, force, Wally Althea, to be the the dominant um, uh, economy 
you know, to have that. I mean, it's the only way we can even do sanctions or anything is because we think that we have the currency, you know, the currency that matters. That's kind of being threatened right now a bit uh, based on everything, I think, and everything you're saying there, right? Right. It's it's a self-inflicted wound on top of that. Joe, yeah, before Joe Biden decided to deny Russia access to, to, yes. to the dollar, over the Ukraine war, you know, that was something that nobody ever dreamed you would do, because if you want to have the the global reserve currency, everybody has to have access to it. And saying, we're going to take that access away from you, that didn't just act as a wake-up call to Russia. It acted as a wake-up call exactly. to every country on exactly. Earth that if yeah. we do something the United States doesn't like, they're going to cut us off from the yeah. world's reserve currency. And so of course, countries are not going to want to yeah. bet. We, yeah. we shot ourselves in the foot on that. That was the yeah. one thing we should never have done. To Ed, you have any comments about this part of the conversation? Well, it's been fascinating, Malcolm. The key aspects here that I'm seeing is that every one of these uh, people on the panel here yeah. are talking about non-kinetic threats. Okay. Okay, currency and everything else like that. And for the currency and such, if you combine that with just a couple of the other threats on the list you, you listed, for example, bioweapons. Right. If you combine that with the bioweapons and, and the fact right. that, uh, for example, like China, they could target with OPM data, TikTok data and stuff to have, they could target our civilian and military leadership very specifically and take them out. If you combine that with something like an electronic attack, okay, as you remember the colonial pipeline shut down the whole East Coast, right. within 48 hours of just a small region of the country, if it was shut down, not the whole country, attribution would have quick, uh, happened that quickly. Yeah. Within 48 hours, you have chaos, anarchy, and mayhem. So you take out civilian leadership, you do an e, uh, electronic attack like that, that then allows a country like China and others to step in and then basically take take control and, and run their own Ed, Let me ask you this, what you say, that scenario, I was thinking of this the other day, in fact, what you're speaking about now, and isn't it safe to say that some of these other real enemies out there are doing war games on the crisis on the basis of what you just said? Oh, I'm sure they are. I mean, they'd be stupid if they're not if they're not doing it. And I'm, I'm sure China and their unrestricted warfare is looking specifically at this as the mm -hmm. right time mm -hmm. to undertake specific attacks, electronic, bio and others, yeah. and very targeted because they don't have to do whole regions. And the yeah. attribution is critically, critically hard. And I think that's is where we're at our biggest threat right now. Would you agree with that, Ed, with the fact that uh, we're we're sort of a sitting duck right now because we don't have proper leadership on any level, and they sense that. So there's like it's like a smell in the water. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, not only that, but we're sitting there on our thumbs spinning because we have no proactive right. uh, solutions where we're driving China and Russia to react to us. And so by default, we sit here waiting for them to come up and hit upside. No, that's the head. a great point. It's a great point, buddy. What you're saying is we're we're playing defense and not offense, and we're at that. That's a point of mercy, isn't it? That's what we're at, right? Yeah. If you can't play can defense add, forever, you lose automatically. Oh, I want to add is as what Edward said. Definitely, the uh, financial tactics is one of strategy for Chinese Communist Party for a long time against America. So they will use the national power to do a lot of things uh, internationally to manipulate the market. And also they can create the bubbles. Uh, they can also uh, destabilize the bank and all these things are available, feasible for China if it is a legal country. So what we should do, I think, at least uh, one thing is we should 
prevent China and Russia and this kind of evil countries using their national power to uh, create problems in the uh, financial market all over the world. If not, it will be very difficult for America to defend the U.S. dollar and the world order. Okay. Okay. That is really good. I want to stay on this just a moment before we uh, pause here a moment. And I want to stay on this point that Dr. Lee Yang is talking about. In other words, we're not being proactive. We're surely not being proactive. And when it comes to China, we're not proactive. How do we push back on that? One of the things specifically that we can do, we're always talking about the problem, but what about the answer to the problem? Bruce, do you have any ideas to that end, how we can action items, in other words, back to the point that Dr. Lee Mangang is talking about in regards to China. I have said for many years that we need to have a, a, a stronger uh, asset-backed currency and uh, a non-fiat currency. And that would um, that would certainly make it real money instead of, uh, you know, paper money um, and less easy to manipulate because it would have a universal value. Um, now there's there's been some move to uh, there, there's an agenda for one world currency as well, that's right. That's right. which cannot which cannot be overlooked because uh, some of this is not just incompetence it's actually hidden agenda. So um, so we need to be very wary of that. Interesting. Uh, it's it's probably a combination currency. of partly incompetence and part of an agenda. Yes. I would guess. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. an unholy marriage between the two. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, but it, it, if the if the BRICS are, are moving toward gold-backed digital currency, why doesn't the U.S. do something to develop a non-central bank gold-backed digital currency? Interesting. Maybe, well, that maybe, would be game-changing, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Yeah, maybe gold. I, I've said for a couple of years now that a gold-backed type Bitcoin would would be a game-changer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, l- let me take that just a little bit further. Uh, Wallace, I got to bring you into this point here. You know, anytime when uh, we're just talking about Bitcoin and that sort of thing, uh, a lot of people certainly don't have confidence in that. We see what just happened with the last go around of that, and that did a lot of damage to that. But let's push. Let's talk about this idea of what Bruce is talking about and uh, being proactive in this realm and pushing back against this with well, world currency versus our own currency. And uh, any any specific ideas, Wallace, to this end? I actually like Bruce's idea. And you've heard me talk about Bitcoin exactly. before and how much of a crock I think it is. Uh, right now, Bitcoin fluctuates very, very greatly in, in, in value up and down. And uh, so it's, it's not really good for a currency because it's not a good storing device of, of wealth. Uh, and it's all, of course, not an investment because uh, it's not tangible. You're not actually you don't actually own anything. So it's not really an investment. Currently, it's not really a currency either. Right now, it's nothing. But if you give it a gold backing, right. all of a sudden it becomes stable and uh, then it could function as a currency. So that and, would be uh, a way to get around it, Wally, then. As I did, and I didn't I didn't understand that before. But now I see what you mean. Give it the gold backing, you're saying. Yeah, then it becomes a, vi- a viable product. The issue I would have with it then, and again, this gets back to AI and all the other threats, if it's purely digital, if it's purely electronic, if it's purely something that can be controlled online, that also means that uh, you can prevent people from using it. You know, somebody wants to go out and buy a gas car. Maybe you send them a message. I'm sorry, but you cannot have a gas car anymore. You have to buy an electric. You know, that, that brings me to a point here. Hold on now. If everything, in, and think about this a moment here. We'll come back to this in a moment. But th- think about this uh, point, please. 
if if everything digital is always going to be as Wallace was just saying a bit of a contest there's always a point of uh of contention there's a point of concern there's a point of evil anytime you're going digital but yet we're in a world now that is going straight out digital i mean everything is digital there are people pushing back just like in the paper ballot thing but also in the money i've got people all on the network who say don't don't engage cash is king go back to cash well we know gas is one of the points and problems we're talking about as well with the federal government. They just print up money out of thin air, out of nowhere. It's the same problem people speak about Bitcoin that Wallace is talking about there in that regard is that people think, well, there's no value to it. There's nothing that really backs that up. But that's actually what we're doing now with real money in our country as it is. Uh, so it, this whole thing of everything flipping to a digital world, it's it's very um concerning uh, back to how do we protect ourselves? How will we protect ourselves? Or is there just simply no way to protect ourselves? And it becomes a wild, wild west world. Is that all we have to look forward to? Is that all the generations have to look forward to that, you know, right? I mean, isn't I mean, isn't the, the way you got to think about this stuff? And digital plays into so many of these points we're talking about right now. It's incredible, uh, really. Well, let me give you the uh, the roadmap of the week here and uh, the week of We the People here. Now, all these shows are going to uh, the podcast, all five shows on this We the People week. And it, it's there are enormous conversations on every day. It's sort of a footprint of work that I think it's going to be something that people want to look back and listen to each of these days because of the voices that have been in play and the conversations that have materialized. Uh, but on Monday was the Convention of States Nullification and Election Integrity, a, a very interesting broadcast there to go listen to that. Uh, Tuesday was the spirit of 1776. That included where that spirit came from, but 2A is a component of that, and uh, it was wonderful. Wednesday, Kings and Pawns in the Globalist Chess Match. That was just a brilliant conversation of all things global, uh, of uh, the the uh, attacks that we're dealing with and a lot of these players around the world. And where the U.S. is in this, we think we're a king, but I think part of what we've referenced in this conversation is that in many ways we're being led, we are acting like a pawn. And the fact that we have our internal, uh, uh, the internal mechanism here domestically are trying to push us into a global world and a global new world order. That makes us more of a pawn, that we're not fighting back against this. And that comes back to nationalism. And now you see the current administration talk about everything that is MAGA or everything that is make America great or nationalism or pride or patriotism. But this fight against the flag and the fight against America has been building for years. It's, it didn't just happen yesterday, friends. They've been, uh, you know, stepping all over the American flag and kneeling in disrespect right along here. And here we are, you know, really. And then in today, the U.S. and a new world order of advanced technologies. What does this look like? How do we protect ourselves? How do we preserve humanity? So on and so forth, et cetera, et cetera. On Friday, we the people get loud to save America. This is a game plan. This is like, what are the possibilities moving forward? Uh, and how do we secure this? Uh, that's going to be a lot of that broadcast right there. So a full week of programming here on a week of we the people. want to remind you as well. Got a couple of exciting things happening on the network here, friends. Uh, one is AmericaOutloud.shop. Uh, you'll be hearing this more and more on the network. It's where you can get all those great buys and the values of the things we talk about. 
uh, like Cofix RX, like Healthy Cell, like Spike Support with the Wellness Company, like Clear, like the you know the um, Global Healing. Uh, you'll see some of those products in there now, and there's more coming of really fantastic products to help us all live a quality life. They've all been negotiated with the best discounts, and that's at AmericaOutloud.shop. Uh, check that out when you can. Do some research in there as well. Check out the various things. A lot of research, a lot of reports in there, and it's all about knowledge. Knowledge is power. Power is knowledge, and the more you know, the better off you'll be. There's so much we can do for ourselves that people don't understand, really. It makes a major difference in the quality of life you're going to have for, for yourself and your loved ones around you. I can guarantee you that much. We'll take a quick pause now. We'll join you just on the other side. You're listening to the voice of a nation. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at liberty at americaoutloud.com. Liberty at americaoutloud.com. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. AmericaOutloud.com. If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. Working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to the broadcast, my fellow Americans. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, the voice of a nation, Malcolm at eight. It's a week of we the people. This was all about we the people taking it back, taking back the power, taking back the conversation. One of the problems we started with that Ed pointed out right out of the gate uh, is uh, social engineering. It was the flow and thread of information. If we're not informed as a people, if we don't have the goods or the map of the road, it's just like getting your car, friends. 
you have a GPS or tell you where to go, what to do and how to do. And sometimes she comes on and tells you, you know, you dumb cluck, you're going the wrong way or however they do it. Siri, you know, they call it right or whatever. Uh, it's the same thing here. I mean, on all the social media, if you don't have the right information in front of you, I think this is part of the problem. It's a big part of the problem, actually. People are uninformed and they're misinformed both. If you're uninformed or misinformed, uh, you've, there's problems. There's problems that happen from all that. Uh, and we're suffering a lot of those problems now. And there's a lot of ignorance. A lot of people don't understand the fight here and what's taking place. So we have a work cut out for us as we continue to wake people up a little bit here. Um, let's uh, rejoin here now. And uh, when we talk, we, first of all, let me just tell you, we have Edward Huglin on the uh, show today. Bruce Tannis is here. Dr. Lee Min Yang, Wallace Garneau are all here on the broadcast here. Um, all right, we talked a bit about guys uh, enabling, we talked about AI a little bit. We talked about social engineering, the digital threats, currency, all of that. Um, you know, in a world where everything is a threat, get us started with a with a uh, a big comment on this point. And uh, I'll bring it to you, Wallace. I want to pick up where we ended with you a moment here. If digital is such a threat to us, and we know that it is, how do we deal with this moving forward? I mean, is it just like all bets are off and it is going to be a wild west just ahead? I mean, is there any practical way? I don't know that there is. I mean, I, have you really thought about it in that sense? How can, It's like, you know what I mean? There's so much against us right now and everything being digital. How do we control this? Malcolm, now we're getting right back to the what this country was founded on. Okay. The question is, is the, is the government's primary purpose to take care of the people and to control them? Right. Or is the government's primary purpose, some might even say its only purpose, to protect and preserve the liberty of the people? If the government stays in its lane and focuses on protecting and preserving the liberty of the people, then these threats go away. Uh, because the government then would be utilizing those technologies in ways that preserve our liberties and that protect us from being attacked by others or, or by each other. Uh, but when the government decides to flip roles and become the controller of the people and the provider of things, yeah. uh, which it's not supposed to be, then all of a sudden, all of those technologies get used against us in order to help us, in order to help them control us. And uh, if the government decides that it wants to control us and it puts in place those tools to do so, there's not a damn thing we could do about it. If you yeah. want to eat, you're going to have to play ball because they're going to yeah. take away your ability to buy food unless you do what they tell you to. Yeah. You know, you, you really hit a nerve with me with that statement, Wallace. You really, really do uh, because you're, you're bringing it back. And, you know, when we talk about the spirit of 1776 in America, uh, and, you know, the things you and I talk about on this platform, on this program all the time, you're exactly right. The United States government has lost their way. And they're now in all of our businesses. They're all in all our affairs. They're in things they don't belong in. They're in education. They're in healthcare. They're in all this stuff to get the hell out of here. They were designed for national security specifically. That's where the states, you know, we had a hell of a conversation. Wallace, remember earlier in the week. We had a, a great conversation you were involved in, uh, and right, we were talking about a lot of this early in the week, but it was so um, so key to the conversation you're just saying right now. We've lost our way totally, um, and how do we get how do we get back to finding that way? Is there a way to do that? I mean, I don't know if there is. Wally, you have, I mean, I mean, I, well, it's a lot of the things we talked about. There's no other magic to it, is it? 
know, but we have to get people to take a step back and start asking the most fundamental questions again, because we've forgotten the answers to the most fundamental of questions. What is an economy, for example, and what is the purpose of it? What is a government and what is the purpose of it? What is a country? And what is the purpose of it? I We've forgotten it. the answer to those very, very basic questions. If you don't know what a country is, if you don't know what an economy is, if you don't know what a government is, then how the hell are you ever going to figure out what to do with them or what or how they should operate? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've lost it. Yeah, no, it's the simplest yeah. stuff. I, I saw, I mean, I God, I love the way you frame these things. Edward, jump in here, please. Uh, let's open this thing up, please, yeah. everybody. But Ed, I, I, I mean, what Wally's talking about is really brilliant in the way that it brings it back to our origins. And this is so important, isn't it? Yeah, so, so I'd phrase it a slightly different way. And, you know, to, to belay most of these threats, we need to be a world leader, have a strong economy, and a secure nation. But under this administration, all three are out the window. Now, take that a step further with what we're seeing that's happening on the border and other places. You have tens of thousands, literally 10,000 plus Chinese-aged men coming across the border, military-aged men coming across the border. And when you take a look at unrestricted warfare type of aspects, you need to say what really strikes terror into people's hearts is the rendezvous of terrorists with various weapons and high technologies. So it only takes a few lone wolves. Now we have 10,000 plus lone wolves who are marching in step with the subversion government. And this is what concerns me most. The threat is not only internal, but it's been expanded by these open borders. And any one of those technologies you talked about, the drones, the bio, the AI, yeah. uh, the, the, the electrical, the EMP, could all be done internal to the country now with little to no attribution. And we'd be in a hell in a handbasket in a heartbeat. Oh, that's perfect what you say. It is my big concern as well. Uh, yeah, I speak about it all the time. I've spoken about it from day one, Ed, uh, is the recklessness of these policies again. Not only, think about it this way, guys. Not only is the government not doing what we need them or ask them to do is we the people. I mean, that's the whole mode of they work for us. And this is really, it is national security. This is why the states created the the, the government, uh, the, the people. It was for protection. It was exactly for that. Not only is that not happening, but they're working against us, Ed, you're saying. They have, open, they're, they're, Absolutely. They, you know, they're working against us. They have their hands crime, terrorism, all this stuff on the border. I mean, it's reckless. It's crazy, they're, isn't they're it? They're enabling the anarchy. They're enabling the chaos in the cities. Yeah. They're enabling the threat. And this is what uh, Lenin and others said. You create the yeah. terror and anarchy and it causes people to shut down. Yeah. And this yeah. is what we're seeing here in America. They're causing people to shut down and acquiesce and, and hide. And this is not a good situation for America. And, and this is so vital. What you just said and what Wally just said a moment ago, I mean, makes my day right now to identify the problems and understand it. Before I get over, Bruce, to put some uh, real toppings on that, I want to ask you, Dr. Li Meng Yang, something here. Uh, that Ed just talked about with the Chinese nationals uh, specifically. Now, I had... Uh, the Center for Immigration Studies on a couple of weeks back here, extensively talking about this point on the Chinese nationals, uh, the record number that are coming over the border, young men and all. Now, we know things are not economically good back in China. We know that human rights is uh, terrible. It's in the toilet. But the record number of young men coming across the border is eye-opening right now. What are you hearing from your contacts, is there anything nefarious to this? Because we, we've heard there may be, or do you know something more about this? 
Oh yeah, Malta. Uh, so based on our sources from China, including the Central Military Com uh, Commission in CCP, so these young men came across the border. They are not the dissidents, or they are not the people who come to U.S. for American values. So let me be more clar um, clarified that in China, after the zero COVID policy, the strict uh, the, the surveillance and control is more strict. So the people who can leave China to go to Latino America and then cross the southern border, right. they are not the people who have any record in CCP system to be uh, anti-CCP or potentially anti-CCP. Even like you have posted uh, any notes on the uh, on Twitter to show that. It also shows that you are potentially anti-CCP, so you are not allowed to leave China. And uh, they mix the innocent people with the military age, trained by military uh, agents to go to southern border because they also use propaganda to cheat Americans to uh, believe they are the uh, freedom fighter. So it's a mix of people, and they're coming through the Darien Gap, uh, down there, and and, uh, and and the numbers are startling. We, in fact, it's a record amount of numbers. We never had this many before. You're saying it's a mix of people. I get that, and I, I do believe you're right. And you're saying some of them are put into place uh, from the CCP itself. So yeah, so modern modern Darian people, uh, Darian Gap. Actually, they also go across other way, try to develop new youth come to U.S., including go through the like Bahama and Cuba. Bahama but what is their point to Florida. be here? However, they get here, it doesn't matter. What's their point to be here? They, is it's to do harm? They are the operators for CCP, so you can consider them as KGB or GRU from Soviet Union. So they can do whatever CCP wants, dirty jobs. And I can tell you, right. some of them have already done a lot of things in U.S. and go back to China now. Guess okay. what they have done in U.S. I heard that as well. I heard that as well before. But is some of these people also to be here for the right, for the wrong time and the wrong place, the right time and right place for them? But are some of them to be here to create more harm or to be in place for a bigger plan? Is, have you heard anything about that? Or Yeah, yeah. That is organized invasion towards America. And they have planned over thousands of people to come to the U.S. And these people get financially supported by CCP. The route they come across the Latino America is already developed by CCP agents to guarantee they can enter U.S. safely. And yeah. when they enter U.S., they will get uh, attorney's pro uh, uh, help and exactly. other so-called exactly. human uh, rights organizations. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I've heard. And you're, you're telling me a lot of the suspicions I've heard from experts, uh, people that know, uh, people like the Center for Progression Study, people like Tom Homan, uh, people that know that border from the back of their hands. And they're telling me exactly what you're saying. So, but the bigger problem is taking it back to what Wallace and Ed were just saying is that the government is enabling all this. I mean, these are, they've become our enemy uh, in putting this all, I mean, not only not only are they not doing what Wallace suggested they should be doing, uh, Bruce, but they're doing the opposite. I mean, they're doing policies that are do the direct opposite of national security. It makes us more unsecure than we could possibly be. So at that key well, point, we believe we have a hostile government in, in place. <laughs> 
Well, a hammer in the hands of a carpenter is a building tool, and a hammer in the hands of a serial killer is a weapon. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, evil will use tools as weapons, and those uh, enemies of freedom will continue to use them as weapons as they see fit to to uh, build themselves up and, and at the expense of everyone else. Those proponents of freedom will use them as tools, although they may have to use them as weapons against the enemies of freedom at some point. We have to see. Okay. All right. All right. I asked a question. I want to go right around the room now with everybody on a couple of points to bring this to a head. Uh, Bruce, stay right with you a moment here. I asked a question up top when we did the broadcast and I talked about good. I, I believe all the debates and arguments we're having really is a fight of good and evil. I've always known. I've always felt that. If I, if I was to ask you to make an educated guess, uh, 100% being the total, uh, what where would the percentage fall for you in your heart that you would say, when it comes to humanity, percentage of good and evil? What, what would it be, please? Well, that's a very difficult question. I know, but I'm going to ask everybody to answer it, just because I'm I, curious uh, to see what you're all thinking. What is it? All right. Uh, you know, I think... I think everyone has the capability to, to be good or evil, and it's a matter of personal choice. I mean, God gives us a choice. That's right. That's will, it's called the power. It's willpower. It's the, um, it's the power of our will versus God's will. That's right. That's right. Ultimately, right? So right. if we don't submit to God's will, we're at the, at the whim of right. our so, will. But what are we dealing everyone. with? 50, 50, 80, 20? What are we dealing with? I'll say 50 50. I'll, I'll sit on the fence. Okay, Wallace, what do you think? Is it 50 50 for you two, or do you have another version? Is it 90 10? What is it? I think I'm going to just, just bail on the question entirely and say that one of the problems that we have, talk about definitions again, what is good and what is evil? Much of the American public seems to think that the only moral virtue that still exists is tolerance for immoral behavior. Hitler didn't think he was evil. Mao didn't think he was evil. Most evil people, most of the truly, truly, truly evil people that do the the, the most terrible things, right. they don't believe they're evil, which is what enables them to do those things. Well, it's like Joe Biden right now with the border and the rest of it. I mean, he, he you know, maybe that falls into the same thing you're saying. I don't know. Well, it, it, it does. And I, I got to tell you, when, when they were talking about hammers, I thought, give Hunter Biden a hammer and watch him try to snort it. Uh, but I don't think we even have agreement on, on what evil is anymore. And, and it has to start there. So I'm going to say it's probably, I'm going to say it's probably 20% of the people are evil and probably 80% of the power. Uh, tw one more time, 20% of the people are evil. And, and what's, I'm going to say 20% of the people are evil and 80% of the power. In that 80%, I'm including people that are just oh, simply okay. bought off by China or whatever. Okay. No, the Bidens are taking money from the, okay. the, they've turned the White House into a All Walmart right. taking money from foreign right. powers. So you're saying 20% are evil, but with that 80%, we have our work cut out for us. Yes. That's what you're saying. Okay. All right. Uh, Dr. Lee Mignan, what would your guess be on that, please? Uh, percentage. Just, just, just play with me here. What do you think? I, I will say, um, people can be changed. So it's up to the situation and up to the rule of all. So if, for example, in China, people can be born as half good, half bad. And uh, uh, after that, when they grow up in China, That's right. most of people are pushed to give up their companies. Or understand, companies. understand. Yeah. What's, what's the percentage? Uh, so the percentage is like, uh, I would say among the 
uh, evil party like communist Chi uh, Chinese Communist Party, there are not many good things left. But once you remove this party, the good things can be released. So I okay. cannot give you a percentage okay. now. All right, Edward, what do you think? All right, well, I'll tell you, I think 5% are probably evil consistently. Okay. But you can get up to 60% to, to Bruce and Wally's point in this. I'll use an example. Ever ever join a homeowners association? Oh yes. Just ever see what happens when somebody thinks they have power? Oh yes. <laughs> all you got to oh, do yes. is take a look at what happened with COVID. Yep. Everybody all of a sudden yep. fell in line and started being yep. almost swastika like goose stepping on everybody's rights and yep. thought they were doing the right thing. And so the manipulation of the mind is a powerful thing. Cognitive yep. warfare, is a powerful thing. You know, Ed, I got. I'm, I'm going to tell you real quick. It's a story I'll elaborate one other day, but you're going to laugh at this real quick. Uh, at one time, there was one time I joined a homeowners association, not by choice, but it was friends of mine wanted me to run for the homeowners association. I reluctantly, I, they put me on the ballot to do it. Okay. This is not any desire I had. They put me on the ballot. And so basically, and I was very outspoken at the board meeting, go, go figure Ed, huh? Yes. <laughs> Mr. Out loud. I told them exactly the truth. They got nervous about that, and they went out of their way to make sure I would not win, uh, be nominated, elected. Uh, through, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When they did that, I said, and I got wind of this. It was given back to me. I said, oh, really? Huh? Well, I'll show you. And you know what I did? I went out through the entire neighborhood, and I went door to door collecting proxies. And I talked to moms, dads. Men, women, all kinds of people about this, uh, uh, what had taken place here. And I told them what I, and so bottom line is I had all the votes by proxy. Ed, when the meeting started, I stood up with all the votes, uh, oh, not all the votes, but a good many votes. I controlled the meeting. And they had a, they had about a heart attack. They about fell on the floor. I then controlled the meeting and we elected a whole new board without me. I stayed out of it. I only did it to put other people in power and I backed out. How do you like those cookies? My God, you're ballot harvesting when? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I won that race, my friend. That's a true it works. story. That's a true story. I, yeah, hey, listen, buddy. I did it for democracy, my brand of democracy. Get the power seekers the hell out of there, and let's put some fresh blood in there. Same thing we need to do back here at home, don't you think, Ed? Damn right. Damn That's right. right. That's right. <laughs> I love it. I haven't told that story a long time, but it's a true story. I, there's a lot more nuances to it. One time I'll tell your friends out there about it here. All right. We only have seconds left, but I want to take one more time to go around with this amazing group of people and it was interesting when we started because, as Ed, you pointed out, everybody had such a very different, unique background, and it was quite different what everybody would bring to the conversation. We're talking here of the threats, what we're talking about here to we the people, to humanity, but then we the people itself. Uh, and, and with advanced technologies, we've identified some really, really interesting things right now. But we've got to take it back. What's the one action item Keep it within, you know, 30 to 45 seconds each. What's the one action item you would, if you could do any, what's that, what is the one item you would do? Wallace, I got to start with you, brother. What's the one action item you bring to the to the game here, please? What is it? I replace everybody in government with some of the true patriot. Go back to having statesmen instead of having uh, politicians. Yeah, sir, for the right reasons. Yeah. Oh, brother, I, you got my vote on that there, I have to tell you. Bruce, what is it? Rebirth of this nation. 
1776, a great nation was born, and now it needs to be born again. Yeah, we talked about that on uh, Tuesday's broadcast, the spirit of 70. Wally, you weren't on that one, spirit of 1776. It was good, very good. In fact, you complimented and said it was pretty amazing, I think, if I remember right. Is that correct, Wallace? Yeah, I thought it was an amazing show. I thought it was good when we recorded it, then I listened to it. Uh, I don't think I heard it. I think I heard it the next morning. I thought it was even better when I when I heard it. That's always good to hear when that happens here. Dr. Lee Yang, what is the one thing, uh, action item that you would bring to the table here, please? For me, I definitely, uh, I want to end the Chinese Communist Party and review the, choose to reveal the tactics to let people know uh, how to prevent this kind of things happen in the future and tell yeah. people to have courage. Which is what you do every day. You fight that fight every day of your life, warning people about the dangers of the CCP, uh, which is really evil upon evil here. Edward Hugland, I, I, as always, brother, I saved the best for last. I started the other day. I said that I'm going to save it right here. How do you like that, Ed? Well, thank you, sir. Well, the one action item I think we have to do that's critically important for the nation is to overhaul our national security apparatus and depoliticize it and de-weaponize it. Say that one more time. Overhaul our national security apparatus, meaning the intelligence community, yeah. the DOD, yeah. state, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. De-weaponize it and depoliticize it. God, that is a great one. That is a great one. Uh, because it, that, you see what he's speaking about right there. And uh, it all has been weaponized. The entire thing's been weaponized against the American people. And that is a very interesting place to end this conversation, friends, because when you talk about the United States and the new world order of advanced technologies and all the things we discussed, you end it with what Ed says there. And it tells you that, well, the biggest culprit we have here has been weaponized right here at home in this cognitive war we're in place with right here at home. The domestic energy enemy lives amongst us right here. That's a very important point to bring up, you know, and it brings me back to uh, the, the quote that tells me what it is saying. Abraham Lincoln, America will never be destroyed from the outside if we falter and lose our freedoms. It will be because we destroyed ourselves. It's a quote I always have close to me because I see it as the culprit of a lot of the evils that are happening today. Uh, we are our own enemy here in this country, and we're seeing it more and more and more every day that goes by, friends, from all walks of life, all situations. Uh, so what we'll do now tomorrow is we'll bring in um, another panel discussion. We the people get loud to save America. This is the game plan of the action, looking at how to take it back. We're going to further that conversation of some very interesting people coming on the broadcast. Join us there, friends. Help us share all this out there to wake people up. Thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America. America.